Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I'm excited about the message, and I hope you will be too, because God changed it up all on me this morning. I had it all written out, ready to go, and he said, I want to change some stuff. You know when someone says, I want to change some stuff, don't you sort of assume it's like, we'll move this sentence or uh, maybe change those socks to a different color. With God, when he means change stuff, it means I'm going to have to look at my notes and pretty much get them all out of my way. And then he starts flowing in a direction that I wasn't going to go to, but his is always better. And so I'm, you know, I've, I've learned to not throw a fit, not complain, and not try to get my way. Because my way will always produce my results. And those don't work. Amen. Those don't work. But see, what, why do we gather here? We gather for a purpose. We don't gather just to fulfill a religious duty, because that's a bunch of duty. Amen. We gather together because, well, first and foremost, we were told that's what we're supposed to do. Right? Isn't that what you guys were told? Go to church. So since when I got saved and I got walking in this faith, my friends went to church. And they said, you need to go to church now. So we went to church. My friends were, uh, were, were guys that weren't one Sunday, one service a week guys. They went every service. Now, I wasn't religionized or I didn't get infected yet. So I didn't think that was an issue because I never went to any of my friends. Dude, we went to the club once already this week. Dude, we already went to a party this week. We've already gone to a party. I never did that. Never, ever. Hey, oh, fishing. Oh, we already did it this week. Oh, hunting. No, I can only spend one day, one time this week. Never. Never, anything that I wanted to do, anything that I like to do, if you're going to say three, four, five times, let's, let's take Sunday off on clubbing and we'll chill. I'm ready for that. Why? Because that's normal. That's normal, isn't it? Isn't it normal? And that's what you want. You want to be able to three-peat. You don't want to just go once. You want to do twice, three times. A lady... <laughs> But the point is, is, is that is the point. So when I went with them, my attitude wasn't, we're going again. <sighs> we went this morning. We're going Sunday night. Wednesday, we went twice Sunday. See, I didn't know you have to be church-wise and gone to church a long time and you're a seasoned veteran to where you start talking that way. I didn't know. I didn't know till later on when you became a mature Christian, you started going, church again. I didn't know you're supposed to do that. You know, I'm just being goofy right now, right? Because that's what people do. They become seasoned veterans of throwing fits, complaining, judging, attitude problems, attitude issues. People that are new in the faith, they don't. They're throwing more attitudes at themselves than anything else. But that's about as far as it goes. It's the ones that settle in. It's the ones that, this is a duty. This is something they have to do. I've been doing it for a long time, and I'm, I'm so grateful I get to do it. I, I just, I'm, I, I couldn't imagine any other life than this. And it's not because I do this for a living, because if you have heard my testimony, if you have listened to me at all, any time over the years, you would see that this isn't something that's, that's difficult for me. It's not a chore. It's not a job. I do it because it's life for me now, life. But as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus in the beginning of this stuff, I did it because it was the right thing to do. See, one thing about my life is, is I was born in this concept, this mindset of, of wanting to win. And I started playing organized sports at five years old, wanting to win. 
And it continued through my life wanting to win. So it was just my nature to want to win as a Christian. That's why I saw it as. I saw it as I'm, a non, I'm on a new team. And I know the principles. I know the principles of how to win. And it's not by playing a game. It's by the practice before the game. It's never by playing a game. That's not how you win. You win by understanding fundamentals. You win by getting the basics. And if you don't get the basics in life, you don't get the fundamentals down, you're not going to win. You can want to win. You can desire to win. You can cry to win. You can pray to win. You can fast to win. But you're not going to win. It ain't going to happen unless the other team forfeits. But that's the only way you're going to win. So what do you have to understand? You have to understand that you have to look at this in the correct manner. I believe most of you in here, you do do that. Now, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I know there's challenges. There could have been all kinds of difficulties and issues that you had this week or last night that, that went on into the wee morning hours. But you still got here. And so there's a physical, there's a mental challenge. But I believe in the spirit, there's an attitude that says, I want to grow. I want to learn. And that's the key. I, you know, I, I would lie if I said every Sunday morning, I'm, I'm just ready to go. Because I'm not. Every Sunday morning, I'm ready to go with my relationship with Jesus. That's a fact. I've never got up and gone, oh, all right, Jesus. i got to do this again. Praise you, Lord. Never. Never been that way. But there are times when, you know, I'm like going, ah, oh, man, I got to get the service going. I'm not feeling it right now. But ultimately, that will, that will come off me because it ain't about me. It never has been. I mean, over the years, I've heard this comment constantly, consistently, and that is people asking other people, usually it's a leader or someone that is a part of the team, and they make this comment, did you tell him? Did you tell him about me? Did you say, did you, that, did you ask him about me? I'm telling you, I've heard this over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And just, to, just again, to reemphasize this, you're not that special to me. Now, I love you and everything, but I'm not making a message just for you. And I know you're, you, you, you just, you're all that and everything, but believe me, I'm not going to do it. There's a whole lot more people than you here. Now, if it went over onto your, if it went over to your life, this is the key. You're not the only person that's ever dealt with this. And I know it might be a major issue in your life, but someone last week, last month, five years ago, dealt with the same thing. There's nothing new under the sun, my brothers and sisters. So, you know, though, you know, but hey, let me, let me help you. Yes, I did it specifically for you because you're awesome. Now, do you feel better? Just think about that. Man, he did. He thinks I'm awesome. What we want to do is, is I want to talk about growing. Because I, I believe there's a religious tendency to lose sight of what life's about. And you can, in the, in the natural, physical, stop growth. But here and here, you should always be growing. You should never stop growing. Here and here is the key for longevity. Physical body has its limit. But that's not how we live our life. My body doesn't promote long living how I think, which is how I eat does. How I think, how I exercise does. But my body doesn't. My, doesn't, my body doesn't dictate it at all. It's, just the, it's, it's like the suit that I wear on this earth. So... This and this is the key to a successful this. And you know what's craziest? This successful this is the key for long life. Isn't that interesting? So we've got to understand this so we can have not only a long life, but a long successful life, a prosperous life. And that's exactly what God wanted for us. And 
in growing in our house, in the McCluskey house, it's a big deal on birthdays. It, it's a massive deal. It's, it's so big that I could never sell my house because of it. But what we do is, is we measure, and we've been measuring the kids every birthday since, what, two years old? I think about two. And so we get them up against the wall, and they stand up against the wall, and we measure. And we've been doing this every year, and they get to see, you know, their growth and the growth spurts in their lives. It's so interesting because, it, you know, parents can understand this. That you don't really see the growth in your kids until someone says, you know, that hasn't seen your kids in a while, and they go, man, have they grown. Now, you might have heard that from me to you guys, especially when your kids are, you know, I, you guys got, I got there, my, my sons have friends that have gone along the track with them. But they ain't the same kids that I've used to see now. Now when I see them, you know, they got, hey, what's going on, Bowser? You know, and you know, hair's growing off their face. I'm like going, dude, who are you? I don't even know you. And, and, and they went, they grew up all the way across. It's so, it's so amazing. And, and, or, or I miss them, you know, for, for a few months or, or longer. And all of a sudden I see them and I'm going, man, they grew. Did they grow? And the parents, you know, they, they, you know, acknowledge it, but we don't really see it. We don't see it. Now we can see certain things that are, you know, like a cause and effect, certain things that are happening that we're going, something must be happening in their lives. For instance, uh, grocery bills going higher. You know, things happening over, you know, you're like going, did you just not eat? What is going on? You know, I remember just recently, you know, Matthew, he, he's a certain amount of eating and all of a sudden, you know, this, this new person comes into our home and, and he's like, and it's like, what in the world? And it's crazy. You know, I, remember how you used to calculate? You could calculate, you know, one can of refried beans or one package of tacos or one package of spaghetti. That, that was gone a long time ago. Now we're into, you know, two packs or one and a half. No, I think we passed one and a half. So now we're in the two pack of spaghetti and things like that. It's like, gosh, but it's because of growth. So in that growth, it demands extra feeding. But the growth doesn't happen all the time because if you went to my house and looked at the chart, you, I mean, it happens, but there are certain time periods when it goes. Right. I mean, you're like going, gosh, that is crazy growth in a year. Right. Crazy growth. Now, I remember in my life having that same growth, but it's not like you can see it. It just happens. And the guys that you went to school with over the summer, I mean, you didn't see them all the way through the summer and you come in and they're like going, my gosh, what happened to you? You've been taking steroids? Yeah, sure have. But the thing is, is we have these growth spurts. We have these times of growth. And, and like I said, we, we, we celebrate these growths. We look at it and say, this is what's supposed to happen. Now, if, if my child, you know, went from, you know, 12 to 13 and there was no growth, I, I wouldn't go, hey, that's cool, man. You're staying. I, I would say there's a problem. Would you not? Would you not, parents? Would you not check and see if they're, you know, maybe taking drugs and smoking or something that's causing this non-growth now or so? I don't know. The point is, is something's happened and it's not acceptable. So you would look at it and go, something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. Not something's right, this is a good thing. Something's wrong. And so what we have to do is we have to look at growth and celebrate it, but also understand that it's something we must be doing. We need to grow, people. It's too easy not to grow. Amen? Too easy not to grow. Psalms 1 Verses one through three says this. Blessed is the person who does not follow the advice of wicked people. They don't take a path of unbelievers. They don't join in the company of mockers. That's someone that ridicules or mocks or makes fun of, you know, like scripture, things of God, teachings, you know, God's plans, stuff like that. You're not hanging around those kind of people. Rather... The blessed, the blessed person 
takes their delight in the teachings of the Lord and reflects on the teachings day and night. Now listen, listen what happens. He is like a tree planted beside streams. A tree that produces fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and succeeds in everything they do. Now, I know this. God is not a liar. I also know this, that I do not or have not seen the growth of my trees, but I know they grow. Now, I can look after the fact and go, wow, they got taller, but I'm not watching the growth. I don't hear them go, so there's nothing on the outward that would, that would show me the growth, though growth is happening. And what this is saying is, is if you want to have growth, there are certain things you need to watch out in your life. What am I talking about? I'm talking about growing up spiritually, maturing in the faith. I'm talking about maturing in the faith. Now, these principles you can take outside and, and actually connect them to any, any area of your life. But right now we're talking about you as a follower of Jesus, where we want to bodybuild our spiritual life. We want to strengthen it. We want it to be in control. Not our, not our flesh, not this outward nature that just you know, ran our lives before. We're in a whole new concept of life. It's like putting the brakes on how we used to live and saying, okay, I've got to, now listen, pay attention to this. I've got to consciously live life. Because I'm going to tell you, outside of this faith, your life is lived mostly subconsciously. You're on, most of you are on cruise control through life. And that's why 2018, 2019, 2020 usually look the same. Everything looks the same. There's not much change. And what we have to do is we have to look at our lives and say, I don't want to have to look back and not see change. I want to see change. Change is not change until it's changed. But change is also not defined by how big or how little. Change is change. If you're doing a little change, you're doing good change, right? That's all I'm asking. I'm asking for growth. It's not like you're going to see me grow. Next week, I'm going to be super spiritual champion. I'm going to be growing. I'm going to take the little and receive what's necessary for me right now and put it to work. And that's what I want you to understand. And that's what you will hear here at Love Life. You're not going to hear this, this picture of, you know, you have to transform overnight. Or if you're not a super Christian after a month of being saved, something's wrong with you. That's not what you're going to You'll hear that from religious people, but not from people that know the word of God. We know that it's a process. We know there's this journey you're going to have to take. And in that journey, there's going to be ups and downs. If you see anything other than ups and downs, you're not looking at it correctly. Living a good, faithful, mature Christian walk is not everything's perfect. Living a good, faithful Christian walk doesn't mean everything's terrible. It's going to be like this. But it will be a constant upward climb. So you, you can have this but it'll constantly be going upward, all right? So you can have downs in your life. No problem with that. The problem is if you've been religionized, man, you have ability to judge on the down. You judge yourself, and then you judge others the way you literally see yourself. And that's what we want to change. I, I want you to live this life according to Jesus, not according to religion or opinion. And there's a lot of grace in this thing. But there's, all, there's also a great expectation. Grace is not this sloppy thing that God isn't expecting you to grow and mature. Grace is expecting you to mature and understanding a grace which takes you to higher levels in your fellowship with Jesus. It literally helps you understand the new you. It takes you from this weak image of or value of yourself to something that's more costly. It's a difficult thing to do. It, it's not simple, but you can do it. Everybody in here can't. But it's, it, some people, it's more difficult than others because of how they talk to themselves, how they see themselves. 
what I want you to do is, is allow this, allow God's word to help you through that. So what the Bible does say is, is that you can be successful in everything. But there are some requirements. There's ABCs to understand. You're going to get around these type of people. If you're going to hang around people that openly attack what you believe, you're not going to change them. Most of those people, are, they're on a mission. They have an agenda. Now, you can have people that, are, that aren't Christians, that aren't followers of the Lord, that, that have no understanding of this stuff, and you can have those type of friends, but they're not going to be people that are attacking you in your belief. So there's this open door of connection that you still have the ability to minister into their lives. They're not shutting you down. And, and that's something, that's a good thing. And hopefully, you know, no one judge you because they're not a Christian, you're eating lunch with them. Because that's our responsibility, to be the light and salt, not to one another, to those out there that are dark. Man, I wouldn't be here if, if those, those guys didn't look at me and say, we want to help him. And helping meant, let's go to lunch. Let's play some basketball. Let's play some softball. Let's do, let's do something. And by me connecting with, this guy, with these guys, it helped me open up and be able to see not only my life, but their life. And it's a good thing. Amen. Psalms 92.12 says this, but the godly, those who put God first, will flourish like palm trees and grow strong, for they are transplanted to the Lord's house. Those that are planted in the house shall flourish. Shall flourish. Why do you think the New Testament is written to, almost every letter is written to, a local church. If God wasn't about church, if God wasn't about us gathering together, why would the whole New Testament be tied to that? Doesn't that, see, doesn't that make sense? And it's amazing how many people fight or try to come against this gathering, the coming to church. And I can understand, honestly, I can, because I've been in churches where you don't want to go to church. It sucks. But our responsibility is not to find a reason not to go, but find a reason to go. And if you're so super spiritual, then quit worrying about you and help someone else. Boom, there it is, all right? <clears throat> For they are transplanted in the house of God. They're planted in church. They will flourish, even in old age. This is awesome. They will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. That ain't brittle and cracked. Brittle and old, that's not what it says. Vital and green. That's amazing. I mean, when I, when I look at this, I think anybody that's getting up in their, in their age, man, they need to look at Scripture and transform themselves in the Word of God. Not see themselves the way everybody starts grouping up with their groups and see old with old. You got to get around. Man, if you're getting old, you get around young people. That's all there's to it. You young people, get around older people. You know, don't, don't pull that okay boomer. You need their wisdom. You need their journey and their understanding of that journey. But you're going to tell you what. You can follow your group. Oh, man, that's a that, that, that ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. Most of, you, most of you don't even understand economics. How are you going to get anywhere? <laughs> it ain't happening. But you have to understand, we need one another. We all do. We need one another. And that's what's so important to understand. This is the body of Christ. God says, look at the body. Every part of the body is important. Some are used more than others, but it doesn't matter. They're all important. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, after that 10K, I got areas of my body. I thought, man, I didn't even pay attention to you, but I am now. And that's like, are you kidding me? I didn't even know you were existing until after that 10K. 
now that you are making yourself known through the evidence of pain, I hear you. I'll never talk bad about you again. <laughs> but anyway, we're the body of Christ, amen? But growth will happen, and it'll be consistent if we allow the word of God to continue to be applied in our lives. If you don't do that, you won't have it. Anybody in here that's been in the faith long enough has been through the cold spells, the, the, pl the place where you have a drought in your walk. Is this not true? All right, it's true. But it wasn't God. It, it wasn't his word. It's just what you prioritized through this process. It's, these are facts. I know we don't want to hear it, but there are times and seasons when God's not priority. Other things are right now. And what happens is, listen, it's, it's like I talk to my kids, I tell them this. We talk about sin. We don't talk about this terrible, disgusting thing. We lay it out as it's pleasurable, but the terrible and disgusting will come. Season ends. And you all know that. Amen. Oh, there's the beginning. But it will never, ever produce good on a continual basis. Never. If that was true, then every athlete, every actor, every actress, everybody that made their millions would be so awesome and married and having successful lives because of all the money they have. But we know that's not true, don't we? Yes, we do. We know that there's a lot of crash and burn and destruction in those lives. And they got everything. They got way more than we could ever think to have. And their lives are miserable. I mean, multi, multi-millionaires, you know, crashing and, and dying and overdosing and, and drugging and, and, and they got millions. And you're like going, what is going on? I don't get it. But see, that's when you should get it. And to realize that that life, that money, that issue of this will bring happiness will never do it. It will never, ever, ever, ever. And I know we try to con ourselves, go, no, money would be good. I didn't say money would be, wouldn't be good. So I understand that. So I don't look to money as an issue of, of life. It's a necessity in living life naturally. You all know that, right? Amen? Yeah. Yeah, for living, eating, you know, transportation, uh, vacation, whatever. Yeah, we, the money, we need the money. But life isn't tied to it. It's, it's a part of it, but life is tied to this connection first and foremost. And that's what I want you guys to do because I don't want other things to stop growth. Amen? Amen. Amen? Let me give you seven reasons why believers don't grow. There's a lot more, but these are probably seven top. Number one, they expect God to do everything. You don't know how many Christians are that way. God's got to do it. God doesn't do it. Ain't happening. Number two, they carry offenses and or sin in their lives. You can't grow that way. It's impossible. People carry offenses. They run from God. They don't run to God. They never have been. They always run from God or they'll run in the place of God to attack God. And they attack him by attacking people, trying to get people to be offended with them. But offended sin always caught, stops growth. Number three, they doubt first over believe first. A person that's always doubting first, you, you can't grow. It's impossible. Remember what Jesus said, all things are possible to those who believe. To those who what? Believe. If you're doubting first all the time, anything comes up you doubt, you're not going to grow. It's impossible. Number four, they're easily discouraged by their progress or lack of progress. Easily discouraged. That's why I emphasize, don't look at your walk as a sprint. Don't look at this life as a sprint. It's forever. It's not a 10K. It's a forever run. So pace yourself, okay? Pace yourself. Wear the right shoes. All right. Number five. 
they conform themselves to the world. You can't grow if you are allowing the world to dictate who you are. You're allowing the world to define who you are. When you come in the faith, you're going to understand that there's this picture now of who you used to be and where you are right now. The problem is, is especially being new in the faith, they sometimes inter, you know, they interlap each other. They, 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 they interfere with each other's progress. But once you start seeing that and recognizing that there is this viewpoint I had here, and there's this new viewpoint growing here, then you start paying attention. Okay, there's differences that are happening. You'll notice this. I mean, it's, it's obvious. You'll start going, well, the, the way I used to think, the way I think right now, they, they're, they're changing. It's, there's transformation happening. That's a good thing. Don't worry about it. Because I can tell you right now, the things that you thought were awesome, I can probably statistically blow them up in front of you. So you're like going, well, I guess they weren't awesome, were they? Yeah, exactly. That Coors commercial is not a true picture of what beer does to you. All right? That Bud commercial is a flat-out lie. If we're talking statistics, if we're talking percentages, what they be showing, should be showing is big old head, you know, beer belly people and, and you know, uh, car wrecks and death and, and, and evil all around them because alcohol's attributed to a lot of this stuff. And just have the picture of that and go, Bud Light, you won't gain weight, but you can kill everything. It'll ruin your life, destroy your marriage. But Bud Light, that would be a real commercial, right? But no, it ain't going to happen. They got to get you know, people been in the gym their whole life. And most of them don't even drink. Holding the can. Twinkle, twinkle. A lie. And we all what? We'll never fall for it. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's why they spend billions on commercials because they don't work, huh? Isn't that interesting? Literally blank checks on commercials, but they don't work. Psychology doesn't back it up. That's what I'm saying. Don't listen to your friends. They don't have a clue. Listen to people I know. I'm telling you. There's a reason why they have what's on there on there. And it is to influence you. All right, moving right along in this beer-loving group. Y'all just went all quiet and silent on me. and like, jeez. <laughs> so, number six, they place God's ways, his will, secondary over theirs. You can't grow that way. If God's second, you can't grow. Because he, he's never priority in your life. And the only way you're going to get growth is priority in your life. He's got to be the priority in your life. If he's secondary, you can't grow. It's impossible. Why? Because your will above his will. Remember Jesus said, not my will, your will. And that's Jesus. And we can't make that statement? I mean, I'm telling you, if there's someone that could go, well, my will's pretty good, God. I mean, I haven't sinned. Wouldn't you agree? I'd go, his will's not bad. But his will at that point was, is uh, maybe there's a different way than the cross. And then he realized, no, that's why I came. <clears throat> that's why I came. That's beautiful. That's my next week's message, by the way. First Peter Oh, a seventh one, you'll love this one, and it's one we want to pretty much glad, you know, just run through real quick. They're lazy. It's a fact. Can't grow if you're lazy. Can't. It's impossible. The Bible talks a whole lot about lazy people, by the way. And if you think that's something that, you know, isn't needed to hear, you're are way off because laziness can creep in everybody, especially 2020. I believe, no, I'm telling you right now, 2020 probably produced more lazy people than ever before because you had a science reason to be lazy. True. So there's a lot of laziness that happened in 2020. Now, 
21 comes, it's, it doesn't, you don't just turn off laziness now. Okay, let's get back into it. There's going to be this, you know, after effect. It's like a ship. All of a sudden it stops. It ain't stopping. It's going to take a while to get to that place where it stops. And there's a whole lot of people in 2021. You're listening to me right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And be real with yourself. Otherwise, you won't have change. Never going to happen. 22 is going to come around and you're still dealing with the same thing. As a believer, as a follower of Jesus, that ain't our life. It should not be our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. 1 Peter 2.22. I mean, 1 Peter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may be growing up in your salvation. Everybody say grow up. Turn your neighbor and say grow up. Turn that other neighbor you didn't like as much. Say grow up. All right. There's always that second place one, you know. I mean, if you were, if you were anything like me and someone didn't look at me first, I'd go, hey, right here, first pick. I'm first pick. Don't be turning your head. I don't want to be second. I want to be first. I'd get offended right in church because of that. <laughs> so it says, grow up in your salvation. Like what? We have some newborn babes in this church, don't we? Right? Moms? How are you little babies around milk? Yeah, enough said. Do they desire milk? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And when my newborn babes were there, they desired a lot of it all the time. They just, they love to eat. And so that desire is exactly what we should have. We should have a desire for this word in our lives. Listen, you're going to come to church, especially this one, and you're going to hear things that contradict the way you're living your life. And you, you can get guilty, condemned, or offended. And those are the wrong three attitudes to have. Are you hearing me? I'm going to tell you right now. If you don't hear something that isn't causing you to check your life, then get out of this church right away as fast as you can. And go find one that will. Because that's not what church is for. That's the end times church that tickles your ears and, and allows you and accepts you in a way where you're going to destruction. And you know, but that's okay. Just don't want to affect your feelings. Ain't going to happen. Because if you're going to be the better man or woman, the better husband or wife, the better father or mother, the better employee, employer. If you're going to be the better, then you're always going to need correction. You're always going to need information that contradicts what you already knew. That's nothing new. It's nothing bad because I need contradiction to get to a master level. I'm only at a noob level. I need to learn how to operate in this better way understanding this different action, this different mindset. And when you start doing that, you're able to compete. You're able to get into the midst and be successful in whatever comes your way. Why? Because you're constant growing. Amen? Are you guys hearing me? That's, that's a principle of life which is always connected to God and his word because he's the creator. So follow these principles. Understand them. Colossians 1.10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. What are we supposed to do? Grow in the knowledge of God. We're continually growing. We should be growing. Amen. Growth's good. Growing's good. Like I said, Growing is going to require the word to come toward you and say, you know what, this is the way and the way you've been doing it isn't the way. What are you going to do with that? Because I, I know what the flesh does. I've been there, done that. I've, I've been in that immature, ugly state of, of getting mad at the pastor, throwing a fit, uh, 
you know, upset at what he said. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going, dude, he was right. Everything he's saying is right. Nothing he's saying is going to hurt my life, but if I did it, it helped my life. So how in the world could I think this is bad? The only way it's bad is if you don't want to change. You want to stay the way you are. But I don't believe that's the, that, that's the heart of anyone that's in here or the heart of anyone's watching. I believe you're watching or you're hearing or here because you want to hear things that can help you. But I'm trying to help you in the sense of understanding there's some times when you yourself are the greatest roadblock in your life. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you hear the word change or you hear the words that require change, your assumption that if it doesn't happen overnight, it isn't change. And I'm going to tell you it's not true. That's a lie. It's a religious lie. It's a lie. Change is this process. And that's why a lot of you think it didn't happen. It, it should have been done. And you quit. And you give up. And there'll never be change at that point. It, it just, it's, it's not right. Now, some people can have a quick change. Some people, but that, that doesn't, that's not the norm. I've had times when it was quick change, you know, but that's not the norm. The key is the process of change. That's it, process of change. We all need to understand that's so important. Amen? So important. In the growing principle, I was led to David and Goliath, totally opposite where I would go, but God knows better, of course. And in the story of David and Goliath, I saw some things that were very interesting as far as that what he was dealing with. And I believe the, the issue with growth or spiritual growth in our lives usually are connected to these areas that mentally we are being defeated or we're losing battles. And in this picture, in this story, it, it shows us something that first and foremost, we hear the information of David and Goliath, we see it, we understand it, and we accept it. But the truth is, is everything in it doesn't make sense. And that's the problem with, quote, most Christians. We're not looking at it with common sense. We're looking at it religiously. So we see a 13-year-old kid, red hair, freckles. We see him have the ability to stand up in front of an army as if he's one of these guys. We see him be able to talk to the king as if he's one of his bros. We see him go through this whole process of destroying Goliath and we end the story and go, yes, Simon David, with a slingshot, he killed the giants. You can overcome your giants. But we don't look at the truth. We don't look at common sense. Nothing in there is, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And that's what will bring growth in your life when you can see this beautiful story, this historical story, and realize that because he is who he is, I can get there. See, it wasn't this super Mr. Natural bodybuilder with all this Navy SEAL training. And he comes on the scene. And you're like going, dude, he can take out that giant. No, you're looking at someone that's laughable. Someone to where his oldest brother, which older brothers always know better. And in that position, if you're a firstborn, you understand where I'm coming from. We're usually the smartest, the strongest, the toughest. But anyway, that's a whole different biblical story. But moving right along, I'm just kidding right now. Not sort of, kind of, but anyway. But the point is, is his older brother Eliab says, Punk, what are you doing here? Pretty much what he said. Who, who's watching? Not the sheep. Not the sheep. Who's watching the few sheep? 
In other words, he is so, he is belittling David so much in front of all his, you know, all his partners are all standing there. And little David, hey guys, little diaper thing keeps falling down. What's going on? And he's like going, all you did is come out to see the battle. There ain't no battle going on. In Eliab's deceived. Nothing's going on but fear. And David comes on the scene and gives us this amazing picture that I believe we have to zero in on because that's what God made me do this morning. He said, this is what I want you to look at. Because the story is the life picture we need to receive. Because I believe with all my heart that if you want to grow, we're going to have to kick the butt of some giants in our head right now. We got some growth inhibitors. There are some issues in our life that are challenging us spiritually. And the story goes, because I know it so well, I'm not, I'm not going to go through and read all the scriptures I have written out, down already, but the story goes that David was asked by his father to go down to the battle and just check and see how everything's going. Take some cheeses, take some bread, go up and butter the captain of the army. You know, that's what you do. You want to butter him up so you can get in there and get involved in everything. So he takes all this stuff and the, you know, captain was like, hey, go ahead, this is good. And so he's going and walking around. What happens is the story. The story is that Goliath, and it goes through this big picture in scripture about what this Goliath looks like. We read it and we glaze over it and glance through it. But the truth of the matter is, is we're not really paying attention. Because what it is, is it's an impossibility. That's all it is. He's an impossible figure. Fact. In the natural, one-on-one, -on -one, you ain't going to defeat him. The, his coat, what, anybody in your way 125 pounds? Or you think you do? Love life, is there anyone close to 125? You're close to 125? Goliath was wearing you. I mean, he literally was wearing a 125-pound coat. That's a big dude. Nine, nine, 13 feet. We're talking, you know. I mean, anything after six, seven, I think, is like you're tall. Right? But this guy's he's way up there. And he's not, you know, like you see giants in this day and age where they're like, I am tall guy. You know, like Ant-Man when he gets big and he's So, <laughs> just the way it is. So we got Goliath, that's, he's Clark Kent, you know, he's a Superman, boom. And David comes on the scene to a Goliath for 40 days, morning and afternoon. The Bible says he's come out and taunted them. Now, let's pay attention to the words because y'all know when you've been taunted. You can be playing a game or whatever, hanging with someone, and they could go, yeah, you stink. And then there's the ones that are like, you, you stink, bro, stink, stink. You get taunted. Someone that's getting all in your face, you know, they, they, don't, they just ain't yeah, doing this. They're like peacocking you. You're getting taunted. You got this nine, ten foot guy standing there. He's taunting Israel. Y'all suck. You ain't no good. You're Saul's people. Who's God? Who's God? Come on, bring out someone to fight me. 40 days, twice. 80 times. I'm with Trevor around. 80 times. There you hear me. 80 times. They've been listening to this. See, I think what we have now is we got, it's become background music. I don't believe that's what's happening in many people. The enemy has taunted you so long that it's background. It's there. 
You've allowed it to come to a place where it's consistent in your head. Yeah, you suck. You're no good. Yeah, why even try? I don't know why you would even think trying. And you've agreed with it. And pretty much any time you challenge yourself to do better, <laughs> you're not going to make it. You never do. And it's just, it's that same, it's the same voice all the time. Constantly attacking you. Think God's going to use you? How would he ever use you? Look at what you've done. It's on autoplay. Consistently. Constantly runs. And see, this is God's army on the field. These are God's army. And they're standing there in front of the evil. And they're listening to it. And the Bible says they had great fear. And every time it would cause a reaction of running away. Great fear running away. David comes on the scene and he hears the words. But his reaction is different. The problem is, is, come on. He's 13 and he's not big. He's not muscle bound. He's just a 13 year old kid. But he has a mighty, powerful love for God. And this is what we have to pay attention to because it's an impossibility of what we're reading about. And if you read it any other way, you've missed the whole truth of the word of God. Because I'm telling you right now, there are voices in your head, there are things in front of you that are screaming out, impossible. And they're stopping, they're hindering you from being able to get to the victor's circle, to be able to get through the place where you know you're finally gonna have some peace, you're finally gonna have rest. There's finally a place where you're gonna be able to get, you know, where you can finally calm and get, get a, you know, go for the next stage. But this has been with you for a long time. And because of that, again, you become used to it. David comes in there and all of a sudden he's like going, what, wait, wait, this is wrong. This is like you're scratching a chalkboard. He's like going, oh my gosh, what is that? And he's like going, is someone going to do something? Is someone going to do something? He's got so much fire within him. What's going on? Army. David. Army. Listen to me. Army. Define army. Been to wars. Been to battles. They've been trained. That's impossible. What's his attitude? He needs to die. Why aren't they saying it? What's rolling in the back of their head? To grow, we've got to deal with the voice that's in autoplay. We've got to shut it down. The only way we can, because we can, is our thoughts. How are you thinking? Because you can stop it instantly just by stopping the thought. It's not Satan's control over your mind. It's the voice you allowed to live there. And as long as you allowed it to stay, it will stay. As a matter of fact, some of you will even turn up the volume sometimes of that voice. It got a little quiet. You, you can't do that. All of a sudden, you're like, what, 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 wait, wait. No, 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 I can't. I can't do that. I can't do that. There it goes. There it goes. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. There it is. Because you got used to it. So David hears that and says, oh, we've got to do something. I'll kill him. I'll kill the guy. It gets to Saul. Saul then brings him. King Saul brings David in front of him. And David's like going, I'm going to kill him. Saul looks at him and goes, what we should do. you got to be kidding me. You can't. If we're going to be real, we're going to be real. And that is, you ain't, I, I'll go pull on a 13-year-old right now. And I'm telling you right now, you're not going to look at that 13-year-old and, and let's say, I, I'm not 9 feet, 12 feet tall. Let's say I, I, I stand up to that 13-year-old, but, you know, I've got full armor on. I've got an M16 hanging on my side, you know. And that 13-year-old comes walking up, just started learning to use deodorant. Now, who are you going to bet on? 
Or would you not look at that church and go, no, that's impossible. He can't do that. Or she can't do that. It's impossible. You would say that. Exactly. And that's what Saul did. This is impossible. David said, let me help you. This is where we lose. We don't help us. We help the enemy, but we don't help us. And helping us is by saying, no, listen, I had an issue with a lion and a bear. And I went after them. I don't know about you, but that's like, that's someone that's stating fear isn't controlling me. But he goes further and says, and if the lion or the bear turned around on me, I grab its mouth, I take a club, and I beat the heck out of it. I kill it right there. Now think about that. Think of the attitude of this kid. For sheep. Not his life, for sheep. Why sheep? It's a representation of people. The moment you start caring about more than just you, start caring about others, looking past you, you're going to be able to kill the lion and the bear, tiger. Well, there was no tigers, but lion, tigers, and bears, oh my. So we have the picture of this David now saying, I've done this, and by the way, each time one of them came at me, I've taken a club and I beat them and kill them. I will go out and I'm going to do the same thing to him. What's happened? Saul now has transformed his viewpoint, and I want you to start transporting, trans, changing the way other people see you. And the way you do it is having these victories. And you're not afraid to talk about the victory. Yeah, I used to do that, but man, now I'm here. God, I was this place, but God did this. I overcame this. Man, I used to eat this way, but I'm this way. I used to be that way, but now I'm this way. I used to work out this way, and now I'm this way. I used to play this way, now I'm this way. I used to be that husband. I used to be that wife. I used to be that father. I used to be. You start establishing the victories you've had. Because if you don't, if you forget the fragments, you start talking dumb. You understand? You will talk dumb. And that's what Jesus showed us in the scripture. We've got to understand the importance of looking at truth correctly. David's on the scene and saying, I can do this. Saul goes, go for it. What does David do? He goes out to battle in front of Goliath. And he does what? He takes a slingshot. We overassume the slingshot, but I'm going to tell you right now, before the slingshot time in David's life, we've never read of him using a slingshot. After the slingshot time of his life, we've never read anything about David using a slingshot. Isn't that interesting? So what does he do? He uses a slingshot. Now, my assumption is that he's probably used one before, but we didn't hear it before, and we never seen anything after the fact. If he was this Joe Cool slingshot guy, wouldn't we have seen it? And David went into battle, any, any one of the battles, because we see him with a sword and stuff. But why didn't we say anything about slingshot? I'd assume. But he used a slingshot. And you think about it, what it was Goliath? Goliath was in this armor that I don't believe a sword's going to penetrate it. I mean, think about the size of the sword that they were using compared to the size of him. It'd be like a little toothpick. He gets you. So he takes a slingshot. Scripture says Goliath had a helmet on. So now, listen, I'm talking impossible now because now we're talking about a square. That's all, just a square now where he's got to peg him with a slingshot and the force has to be strong enough to knock him down. This is impossible. But it's what happened. Now, do you honestly believe that because David's so awesome, or do you believe he had a God that's awesome because David 
chose to battle. You want to see an awesome God? Start going toward the enemy. You want to see, we want an awesome God with us doing nothing. We want an awesome God with us not, not doing what we know is right. We want an awesome God that, that goes out and takes care of all our issues and, and everything violates scripture. We want an awesome God that feeds us. And he says, I'll be awesome, but you better work. But we don't want to do, we don't want to do that because then it, it affects and messes up our theology. No, we want awesome God to become awesome by taking a slingshot and flying that thing right at that head at that enemy. And God leads that thing straight to the giant pyre. He goes down on the ground. That's what we want to see. But we're not going to see it until we get aggressive like David was. And what did David do? The scripture says he ran to the giant. Can you imagine this? And I see Goliath standing there and David's running out like... And you're like going, this is comical. What do you think Goliath's thinking? I mean, think about it. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed you to the birds. And all of a sudden, David comes running at him. There's no way in the world Goliath isn't going, what is that? Is that even a human? I mean, think about it. And little David's like going, Clyde's like one. This is a problem. He probably went. <laughs> what what tarnation's going on out there? Whack! Woo! We know the story of victory. The point is, is this: growth is going to require us to start doing the impossible. When it actually is possible. You're going to have to start believing. And if you believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Lord, help my unbelief. And he goes, I got gotcha. you. Because I can do just that. God will help you. if You can be real to him. The guy didn't say, help my unbelief. I just want you to know I have unbelief just so you know I have it so I can keep it. He was saying, Jesus, help my unbelief so I can believe like you said to believe. You go to Jesus. You go to Papa and you go, Father, I need help in this unbelief area. Man, thank you for this area and I've done this and you've done great things over here, but here I'm having difficulty and I need you to help me with unbelief. And when you ask, he will give it. But if you're waiting for a tingling of a belief to hit you, if you're waiting for a natural sign of, of you know, belief coming down and, oh, there it is. Oh, boom, it hit me. It ain't going to happen. But if you can ask and say, Father, thank you for helping me in this area. And then move forward, I promise you, you're going to see belief rise strong and that unbelief is going to wither away what do we need to do like david did we got to start clubbing not going to clubs we need to start clubbing small issues that will lead us to the big one you just start taking care of business now not later now don't blame it on someone else you do it now and let's deal with this Because all I know is scripturally, the will of God is for us to continue to grow and have success. Continue to grow and have success. You want to operate in this true faith, in this true following Jesus faith? It's requiring you to look at the impossible and deny it. It's requiring you to be able to look at the impossible and see a whole different picture than what everybody else sees. How does a 13 or how does a little guy that's not even battle wear it? He's not even, he's not even a part of it. He's not even in the, the minor league team. And he goes in and creates a great, tremendous victory for God's kingdom. 
Because he had this connection with God and he had a faith of believing that God was going to help him overcome every issue. But he was going to have to run toward the enemy. He didn't say, God, you do it all and I'll take the credit. He said, I'm going to go kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. And that's exactly what he did. Knocked him out with that first shot. Took Goliath's sword. Grabbed Goliath's big fat head. Sawn away. And that's the discovery version. I was thinking, just whack that. Can you imagine that? David picking up that big old sword. So you got to look at this stuff. Pay attention. He didn't have this little tiny sword. Mini sword. Goliath had mini sword. No, he had his big sword. David takes that thing. I could just imagine the force of weakening that thing. Wow! That head, come on. David picks that head up. Takes it to the army. Holds it up. This is the guy. This is the guy. Can you imagine that? Drops the mic. I get graphic because I see it that way. It's our turn. It's our turn. Whatever giant you got in your head, whatever issue you've been having, whatever thing's been playing in the back of your mind, it's time to stop it. Stop it all because that is the attack of the enemy and that's how he works. He wants you to replay all the negative, replay all the failures, replay everything you can to keep you in failure mode. It's time to jump off that failure train, get on God's success train, and start winning. Amen? Because that's his will for you. You a follower of Jesus, his will for you is to overcome all the time. Not sometimes, you are overcomers. If you don't know Jesus, his will for you too is to know him. Why? Because again, he wants you to be an overcomer. This is what the Lord's about. And if you don't know Jesus here, if you don't know Jesus out there, here's your time. You can receive him now. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I am ready for you to be my Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for hearing me because I am now a part of your family according to your word that says this, call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. I called, I'm saved. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you did that for the first time, you can raise your hand. I have a special gift for you, specifically for you. Praise God, one right there. Anyone else? If you did it out there, I need you to click that button. Let us know. Write us if you can, and we'll send some gifts out for you. We'll help you in your new decision and your new walk for Jesus. And we're so glad that you're a part of the family now. Love y'all. Be blessed in Jesus' name. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.